You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking Toronto Blue Jays with MLB.com with Blue Jays beat reporter Gregor Chisholm. Gregor, John Harris seems to be a pretty nice find for the Jays as low as they got him. Um, Obviously, the club is always going to say that. There's no prefer. There's no phrase that people love more on draft day than we couldn't believe he was still there. Um, but is it your understanding that it was a surprise that John Harris fell all the way to the Blue Jays? Yeah, I think so. And this was definitely a case where they were genuinely surprised. And you know, I think all you had to do is really kind of look at all the projections going in. And it's not an exact science by any means, but you know, Jim Callis and, and guys like that know exactly what they're talking about. And there was some genuine interest there uh, from teams much higher in the draft. And, and that's something Harris talked about as well. He talked about a couple of different teams in, in the top 15 where he thought there was a chance that he might go. So the Blue Jays really did catch a break here. It's, it's, a, pretty, it's a very safe pick uh, for them. And it's a first-round talent um, for a guy that you know, the Blue Jays lost their, their pick because of, of signing Russell Martin. And there's obviously a huge value in that. But, um, you know, they got... 29 as competition for Melky Cabrera, and, and they made quite good use out of it. It was kind of a weird first round for college starters in general, actually. There are a couple of guys who maybe fell uh, more than you would have expected, uh, really a few guys who fell maybe more than you would have expected. Um, so Harris has fall. Do you think it's just something structural, just that teams wanted other things and, and that he was maybe sort of in a bucket with guys like Bueller and Funkhauser, or uh, was there something about him that clubs saw – that maybe scared them off. No, I think it was exactly that, and it was kind of a it was the trend in, in that draft. And you know, the Blue Jays are, are fortunate that they have a very deep scouting department. They have a lot of guys that they can go to. So even though uh, they didn't expect to be able to to get someone like Harris, they still had someone at all of his starts. Um, and you know, um, Brian Parker was asked that very kind of question after he was taken: was there a potential reason? And he just said that was the the best benefit of having all these guys that they were able to follow him, so that they knew. Uh, that they didn't see anything had changed, and then that wasn't the reason why he dropped. And so they felt very confident with that pick as well. Missouri State is is not necessarily a place like Rice or Stanford where where guys who start there or go there or commit there not only go but go for four years. But at the same time, it's a good baseball program. It's it's a place where he seems happy. Is is, is there any any concern that they might not be able to get this done, or are they confident that, that they will get Harris under contract? No, I think they're confident, and I think both sides are, are very willing to, to do a deal. I think maybe he was hoping to, to go a little bit higher and probably uh, get a little bit more money uh, than he can get from the Blue Jays with, with their total allotment. But I think this is something where both sides are going to be on the same page and, and quite quickly as well to, to try and get him into the system as quickly as possible. Generally, a baseball draft is uh... – ultimately is about best player available for a lot of reasons, starting with the fact that, that most of these guys you don't see for three or four years anyway. And, and maybe you'll see a club draft to need once or twice, a club that needs lefties or needs catchers. You'll see a little, uh, a little of that tint. But by and large, um, baseball, uh, baseball teams draft is just sort of the players who are available. With that said, it seems like there may be an exception with this Blue Jays draft. It, it looks like there was – a plan or a strategy to target some specific needs and categories. Is that, is that an accurate read on what they did over these three days? Yeah, and they, and they also continued to pile up on, on pitching as well, and there's, there's not necessarily a need uh, for that because that's something they, they do have a lot of depth in. Um, the position player is kind of where they needed a little bit more, but they still weren't afraid to top that up as well. 
Um, and, and that's because, you know, they've shown a tendency to, to be willing to trade some of those guys as well. So, um, you know, they, they kind of have the same philosophy that a lot of organizations have, which is you can never have enough pitching. Um, so they added that, but then another one that they, they added was they don't have a lot of power in that organization as well. And it's something that, you know, Parker talked a lot about how there's just not a lot of power in the draft this year. And it's kind of been that way. Uh, for a little bit, at least in terms of depth. And they got Carl Wise in um, the fourth round, who was one of the better uh, college power bats available. So they, they did kind of address a specific need in that area, too. To shift gears over to the, the big league club, uh, Aaron Sanchez uh, was skipped. Um, is this purely preventative, or is there some concern over something they're seeing from Sanchez? No, purely preventative at this point. I think there is some concern about, um, you know, his overall workload. Um, so it's really to kind of manage his innings, especially as, as you get later into the year. This isn't a situation where you want uh, to have him shut down at any point uh, in September because of innings or anything like that. And that's not something the organization is going to do if they're contending. Uh, but this is one way to kind of monitor that kind of early on. And, you know, I was thinking going into that that it probably wasn't the best idea uh, because he had been on a bit of a roll as well, and it also came kind of in the midst of this big winning streak that the team has been on. Uh, but Scott Copeland, to his credit, came up and, and had a great uh, spot start, and so they were able to kind of not miss a beat, even though um, missing Sanchez, who's really become one of the more dependable guys over the last few weeks. Yeah, you, you mentioned he, he does seem to be kind of showing some encouraging signs, and and. Uh... Specifically, he's throwing strikes, which obviously is the big issue. Um, what is it that contributes to this lately where he has been more around the strike zone? I think it really is just kind of very a simple change that he made with Russell Martin, um, you know, probably about a month ago now, where they just had him, Russell Martin, kind of just set up right down the middle uh, and kind of let the sinker he's, uh, do its work. And he's got a lot of movement on that fastball when he tries to be a little bit too fine. That's when everything kind of tails out of the, the strike zone. And that was his biggest issue early on. And so uh, I think they're just letting him show a little bit more inner confidence as well that he's going to trust this stuff that. You know, there's not going to be too many pitches that when he throws down the middle, it's going to actually stay there. Uh, most of them are going to have uh, some pretty good movement on that. And so that's been able to kind of cut down his walks a little bit. And then the fact that he's always able to generate a lot of ground balls, he can get away with some of those base runners because he's also been generating a lot of double plays. As a group, it seems like the Blue Jays starters have really kind of cut down those walks that were uh, really problematic. Um, overall, what's the kind of level of, of confidence or encouragement with what they're seeing from the rotation as a group right now? Well, it's definitely been the biggest positive, and that's, you know, the, the, the lineup kind of speaks for itself, and you know the Blue Jays are going to score runs. They don't need perfection from them now, but they need, you know, some reliable quality innings just like any other team. And, you know, they've really been getting that now for, for quite a long stretch. Um, for the last three weeks or so, they've kind of started to turn things around. Um, and the walks are a big reason why. And you kind of look at each individual um, kind of example. You know, we talked about Sanchez. Drew Hutchinson's another guy uh, that has been able to cut down on the walks. And, and, you know, there's been some inconsistency there uh, with him recently. But for the most part, he's kind of turned things around after a slow start as well. And then you have uh, R.A. Dickey, who's still trying to, you know, find that consistency from start to start. But we've seen glimpses of it now. And overall, his walks have come down. Uh, so really from a group one through five, uh, they've all kind of get, done a good job with that. And obviously when you have fewer base runners, there, there's going to be fewer mistakes out there or uh, it's, gonna, it's not going to cost quite as much if you happen to give up that home run. Those three run shots are now more often becoming solo shots. 
There was a little health scare recently with Ebron Encarnacion. He's obviously a guy they need uh, at the heart of that lineup uh, to keep this thrashing machine of, a, of an offense going. Uh, what is the latest on his health? Well, the shoulder's a little bit of a concern now. I mean, a week ago it was it was the leg and the hamstring, and, and that seems to have rectified itself after he took uh, a series off uh, in Washington. But but now the shoulder's kind of become an issue. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who, who typically does get banged up throughout the course of the season, especially when he's playing uh, as much as he was at first base. That The shoulder injury is a little bit unrelated to that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not something the Blue Jays are expecting to be long-term, long at least right now. Uh, but the fact that it, it's kind of crept up a couple of times now in, in the last week, even though he was able to hit a walk-off homer in the middle of that, uh, the fact that he's still feeling it is a bit of a concern, so it wouldn't be a total surprise if, if he needs a little bit more time as well. Yeah, I mean, what, what, how do they manage that? Could you see him uh, proactively getting uh, not just a day but a few days, or, or how do they kind of handle that? Yeah, that's probably how they would do it, and that's kind of how they've done it with a few of their other guys. They're, they're going to try to avoid the DL stint uh, if at all possible. I mean, that would be an absolute last resort. They've shown a willingness to go uh, with a short bench for uh, you know a few games. They've, they've done it for a week at a time uh, earlier this year, and while they don't want to go quite that long, uh, I think they are prepared to take it kind of day by day with him, and especially when you're talking about that big of a bat, you want to give that as much time as possible uh, before you know taking any kind of long-term measure with it. And then one last thing, and, and it's kind of thing, you know, splits like this often even out over the course of the year, but the, the Blue Jays right now have an absolutely enormous home road split. Um, we've talked some before about how well they hit at home. Uh, what do you make of what is a, a really gaping uh, distance between how they've done at home and how they've done on the road? Yeah, it's really – it's almost an impossible one to answer because it's been hard to figure out. You know, you'd think some of that would – you know, at least normalize a little bit over time. You expect uh, the home numbers to kind of potentially be where they're at. I mean, it's a, it's a spot where, you know, the team is kind of built around to, to you know, compete in that ballpark. Uh, but I would expect that to eventually even out a little bit. Uh, it just seems to be they've had some very rough road trips this year um, where they've gone through and, they, I mean, they faced some tough pitching in Washington and uh, they've had some things there. Um, but I think it will eventually get back to normal a little bit, but you're always going to – I think with this team, uh, with the power and everything, you're always still going to see uh, at least a little bit splits uh, to the home side. All right. Well, Gregor Chisholm, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.